Self-care game podcast should not be considered as or replaced with therapy. If you're currently experiencing a mental health crisis, please reach out to your local mental health authority or the suicide crisis hotline. Taking a little spring break because we were tired and you know we had to practice ourselves here. But anyways, it's your girl Devin, also known as Sent from Devin, also known as Sweetie. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the your baby girl. hair princess. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. It's your girl Des, aka it's Desi Case, aka Megan and Party. They just so freaking cute together. I'm mm-hmm. like, come on, hot girl relationship goes. <laughs> but um, yes, y'all, we are back. We are excited to be back. Um, this episode, we're gonna be, you know, talking about a lot of different things. But first off, let's start it off with a check-in. So, how was your last week or two? good um been chilling um hanging out with friends we had a good little brunch day last um saturday um you know working hanging out with my boyfriend and yeah doing all that come on boyfriend We did. We had yeah. a cute little brunch. We was over there giving rich <laughs> bitch vibes. I, it was. I was like, I we need to do this. Like, oh, uh, what was they saying? They were just like, y'all is so good, and I'm just like, I know. Y'all, people was thinking me and Devin was the same person because we both had our hair in a wash and go. Even my mama was like, because Devin had got we uh, were celebrating. I mean, we were going out in general, but we also was like, well, let's make a little celebratory thing. So we were celebrating a little, um, not a little, a big milestone for Devin. And she had a little congratulations plate. And my mom was like, what were you out there celebrating? I was like, mama, that was not me. But oh that was funny. Gosh. No, she didn't think you. <laughs> Girl, Girl and we she had different to... texture hair and everything. She had to watch the video back, and she was like, "Oh, that wasn't you," because we almost had like you had on a, a light color, like um, like kind of a beige shirt, and then mine was no, mine was beige, yours was white. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why. I guess because the video was so quick. But I was like, "Mama," she watched it back. She was like, "Oh yeah, that wasn't you," and I was like, "Yeah." No. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah we gotta do that more often like every two weeks or something yeah but how was my last couple weeks it's been hard um if i'm being frank school and work have been getting the best of me and just beating my ass like you know that um that meme where it's like <laughs> you laying on the ground and it's like the uh people with the bats and it's like bill school work like that's how mm-hmm. i feel um School has been, I mean, school isn't bad. It's just the fact of, um, like, every time I turn around, something is due. And I'm like, bitch, stop turning around. Um, you got to get organized. You got to get organized. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Or a routine. Either a routine. You need to read Atomic Habits, bitch. That book is changing my life. I'm making my boyfriend read it. Atomic like, Habits. I'm recommending it to my clients. Like, I'm reading it with my clients. Like, 
it is good. The way that they break down like habits and routine is by this man who got hit in the face with a baseball bat on accident in high school. And it like, you know, when you get a TBI, like that really messes up like your brain functioning, your emotional regulation, all that. And it had on where he couldn't really like, he wasn't organized. He had a hard time just doing a lot of things. And mm-hmm. how he became, now he runs a, like a successful million dollar company, multi-million dollar company. And how he, how he did that is through his habits and routine. Mm, I'm and he literally breaks good. down the science. And he brought up some things that, that relates back to like um, psychology and psychologists that I know about, but I just never made the connections. And I was like, that Ooh. makes sense. So since being, I've been really organized. I've been using my monthly calendar. I've been using my weekly plan- planner and I've been doing daily to-do lists. I use a sauna. I use this alarm app that makes me get up and take a picture of my meditation space it, to turn it off. Like, I no phone screen time at night. Like, I'm doing all this stuff. So it's been working so far. Um, but if you get like, I don't know if you follow Monica on, um, Instagram, but like, and my friend Monica, that was, that was on the previous episodes, they're like the queens of productivity. And I just been like taking notes from them and they, and Monica recommended that book too, Atomic Habits. And it's just, that's really the key to getting your shit done. Like for real, we look at the big picture, like, oh, I want to be a therapist. I want to do X, Y, Z, but we forget those daily habits is what gets us there. I know. And there's so much I want to do in life and like just in general, like I want to, you know, grow and be more of an influencer. So that way I don't have to like work full time because or or I can at least go to a job where I'm not worried about making a certain income because like my job is stressing me the hell out. But I've always attributed my disorganization and stuff to me being a Libra, which is so bad. But I just I, I just always thought like okay, only certain people are disciplined and organized. And I just, you know, feel like I'm just not one of those people. Like well not even just being a Libra, but like also being like type b because you're definitely a type a personality i'm type b like i uh, well you just seem always organized (laughs) when we plan trips and stuff y'all when we plan trips when we do these episodes is she always have everything like just planned out and i'd be like i think i'm in between type a type b but then like if you come over my house like you see i'm also kind of like messy sometimes but a lot of people all my friends attribute me being missed like when my house gets messy they like David, what's going on? Like, why is your life getting out of hand? I mean, but I have ADHD too, so I don't know. I don't know if I'm a type A person or a type B because y'all, some of my friends tell me I'm type A, but then my type A friends be like, you are not type A. So I don't know what I am, girl. Mm. Well, but no, I, I saw, I just looked up that book. It's available at Target and I had to go to Target anyway today. So I'm going to go pick it up Um, or I'm going to try to see, maybe I'll get the audio book. So that way I don't yeah, have to sit down audio. and read it mm-hmm. because I I feel like reading because between school and outside reading, I just can't do that right now, but I'm, a, I'm probably going to do the audio book. But yeah, I do need to get my routine and my habits together because it's just, life you know life just come at you it's just gonna beat your ass when you ain't got it together mm-hmm. and you and, forget um, about stuff that you gotta get done it's just it's way sh- less stressful once you have habits and routines and utilizing like calendars and stuff that has been a game changer for me are you using digital camera work. uh digital calendars or like a yeah. handwritten one i have a paper um monthly calendar that 
keep on my desk so I can look at, so I can, don't forget stuff. But also, I utilize my digital the most. But then I have a daily to-do list. It's right here. Okay. That I do every day. Where like, I do it the night before. I ordered it off of some planner website, but I'm going to order another one off Amazon. Oh, okay. I found a cheaper one on Amazon. Because this one had my name on it. And I was like, I don't need all that. I just need daily to-do list. So it makes me, like, pick out my top three things. It does my schedule, um, my appointments, my what I'm going to eat today, how much water I drink, and all that. So. Oh. Y'all, what's funny is this is literally how me and Devin be talking. So I love that we done captured this on um <laughs> on the podcast because we really be. I be like, girl, I got this going on. Devin be like, girl, I got a solution. Like, here, this is what you need to do. I be telling you, Desiree. Da, da, da. It's like, the Capricorn in my life. It's the Capricorn in me. Like, I have oh, a hard I love time it. Like, giving people advice. I'm like, okay, so this is what you need to do, bitch. No, I love oh, it because yeah. that my therapist be doing the same thing. She she like one of our sessions. She made me pull my planner out and made me write all my to do stuff for the week in like during session. And I was like, just you gotta like, do that. Yeah, because you have to do to the same time every week. Oh, the same time every week. You gotta make a habit to do the same time. Like the, the book gonna break it down. Like why okay. you do that? Like. <laughs> For real, you got to do everything the same time, all that. Like, I got my goal, girl. We'll talk about it offline, or maybe we can do another episode on it. We probably need to bring on um, Marka for that, honestly, about productivity as like you know, an entrepreneur or a content creator, just productivity in general. We need to bring her on because she is like, I follow, I literally follow her for her productivity tips. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not that interested in the photography part of it. Like, what she do is dope, but, <laughs> yeah. like, the fact that she's able to do it all and, mm-hmm. like, still live life, I'd be like, how the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she yeah, talked about her sister. follow her, her name is Marka Evans on um, Instagram. I don't know how to spell it. Just try out some different M-A-R-R-I-C-A Evans. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to try to bring her on because we Instagram friends, and I'm going to message her to see okay (laughs) so um but yeah okay well that was pretty much our week oh by the way y'all I'm doing good in school it's just that you know I just feel like like what the hell but yeah overwhelmed and it's mostly it's not even school that's doing it it's like school is a cherry on top but most of it is my job that's why I'm trying to figure out what I need to do like moving around or whatever the case because these jobs will work you to death Mm -hmm. if you let them they will put you in an early grave and um, so many people at my job have been quitting and going on leaves for like stress leaves and stuff and I'm like y'all don't see me working y'all Mm-hmm. Yes, girl, it's crazy. That's why I'm like, Mm-mm, I gotta figure something out. But anyways, um, let's get into the media segment. Press, 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 press. Don't need more press. I made that bitch famous. I made that bitch famous. All right, so. For the media segment, it's been a lot going on, and honestly, it would be way more than we can cover uh, to try to catch up for two weeks. So we're just going to hit the main mark. So do you want to start off since you was so weedy? Do you want to uh, update us on your status, so weedy? Girl, I was kind of like, you know, I stand sweetie and Quavo relationship. They were just so cute. But then I was just like, maybe they're just aesthetically pleasing to me. I think that's what it was. Um, 
So a couple a week or so ago, it came out that they broke up. Shade room and himself. They was like, okay, they unfollowed each other. And then following Sweetie came out and she was like, um, yeah, we broke up. I'm single. Um, it's been a lot going on behind scenes. And she was just basically like, it's not love if it has to be shared with everybody else. And I was just like, okay, Queen, I respect it. Right. Which um, is implying that he was cheating. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, so that happened. And then Quavo came out and was just like, um, I usually keep quiet, but since you want to make a scene, I'm going to, you know, entertain it this one time. And he was like, what, what did he say? Did he like kind of allude that he never cheated on her or something like that? And he's disappointed in the woman. He's She's not the woman that he thought he was. Yeah, like that line alone was like, come on now. But, you know, before, so the cheating rumors came about because because they, they weren't following each other anymore. And then, so Weedy, because I always have to say her name like that because it's not Sweetie, it's Saweetie. Um, Saweetie. And she's like, hey guys, it's Saweetie. <laughs> I don't know where she got that extra A from, but <laughs> okay, yes. sis, we gonna go with it. But she mm-hmm. also went on that um, respectful, Respectfully podcast, which is run by Justin L.A. Boy, who everybody be reposting his quotes. And then uh, Justin Combs, which she used to date him. So that's what really fueled it because it was like, why would you go on this podcast? For one, they kind of reckless on there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then for two, like that's your ex-boyfriend's podcast. So I know Quavo ain't approve of this. So that's where we really was like, oop, they must be broken up for real, for real. But yeah, so he said, yeah. um, you know, he re- gave a rebuttal and said that, you know, you're not the woman I thought you was and da this and that. And then she <laughs> responded to him and said, take care. <laughs> then they photoshopped wow. her on the Drake album with, you know, the take care album from Drake. They photoshopped her face onto his body. Mm-hmm. They did do that. That was funny. Because funny like, what else? I just love the response because, like, take care for real. Yeah, I mean, I get where he was coming from because, like, she could have just kept it simple and said, like, I'm single. Um, but her alluding to the fact that he cheated and all that, I, I guess that is putting their business out there. But that, if that's our truth, that's our truth. Like, you can't regulate what somebody says. So I feel like, okay, like, he must have been feeling some type of way about it. But at the end of the day, like, if that's what happened, you can't stop somebody from sharing it. And you can't say yeah. that they're trying to make a scene about it. Like, if that's the case, if he really did cheat, then he shouldn't be, you can't regulate how somebody, uh, you know, basically how they take it and how they move on from it and what they share. Because if that's their truth, you you don't have no, you should have thought about that before you did it, if he did it. Um, so since then, like, um, sweetie's auntie that looked like her sister, <laughs> cause she, uh, you know, black people, we have aunties and uncles that be like similar age range. Mm-hmm. Us. Um, she was going back and forth with Quavo's sister because she was just like, sweetie, sweetie, not who y'all think she is. And she's, you know, self-centered and selfish and did this and that. So they was going back and forth with a little petty beef, which was so stupid, but whatever. Um, and then, oh, and she said she never liked Sweetie and all this other stuff. I was just like, girl, come on. But anyways, <sighs> um, so since then, as if that wasn't bad enough, you know, and, and I think what you said was true. It was aesthetically pleasing. It was literally like the captain of the football team dating the head cheerleader. 
Like, I mm-hmm. think that's why everybody gravitated towards them and liked them. And because it was a little role reversal because she said that he taught her how to love and, and she's usually the hard one and he taught her how to be soft. So it was like, oh, you know, normally we see the men are the ones that don't yeah. know how to love and be soft. So, you know, I think it was just tugging on a lot of people's heartstrings. But since all that happened, there has been a clip that has resurfaced and the clip is a year old, but it's with Quavo and Saweetie um, tussling in the elevator. Like, so there, Shade Room posted a short clip, but I did see a longer clip that showed like right before they got in the elevator. And it looks like Sweetie, you know, allegedly took a swing at Quavo for something. And then that's when he like pulled, pushed her into the elevator and she like fell. And but the, the clip from Shade Room just showed the elevator part, not right at the elevator doors. So that was interesting yeah. too that they didn't capture all that, but whatever. Um, yeah, so and then it looked like she was sitting on the ground like she was hurt, and then they go to a floor. Um, it looks like they were kind of tussling over a bag or like some box that was in the elevator. They go mm-hmm. to the next floor or whatever, and he's like, you know, obviously like looking at her like get up or you know, like <laughs> he was like, he was looking there. like, girl, get up. Yeah, he was looking like, stop being dramatic, get your ass up. That's, that's yeah, how he, he looked was looking. Yeah, he looked like he was annoyed. That's exactly how he looked. He looked like he was annoyed. Yeah, I so. mean, that, my whole opinion about that, it wasn't even enough information to even determine if she's getting abused or not. Like, it was, we don't know. We didn't see enough. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, the, the thing that was really disheartening for me was a lot of people coming out and normalizing abuse in these relationships and thinking like, if we can't fight like that, then what what is it for? Kind of like when Drea was under fire for the whole Megan thing. Like, I want a nigga that's going, you know, that's going to be like, uh, if you leave me, I'm going to shoot you. And like the, the fact that Black people have this, uh, well, a lot of Black people have this mindset that abuse is normal or okay is a reason why we all need to go to therapy because the fact that you think that that's normal is wrong. And it was so many black men speaking up like, Oh, you know, if me and my girl can't do this and is it really love? And like, Oh, that's nothing. That wasn't a big of a deal. And it was just like, y'all niggas need to get reported. Like, like somebody need to investigate your ass. Now, if any woman speak up and say that you abuse her, we a hundred percent believe her immediately mm-hmm. we don't need no evidence because your ass gave this statement on this um which one of them was a boxer it was um who's that adrian bronner which his ass is like you know um I, i'm trying to think of a good word but he's a little off in general with his perception of how relationships go so the fact that he said it wasn't surprising to me but i was just like the fact that you guys are publicly saying this shit yeah, we shouldn't normalize re- abuse in general, but just in general, we don't know what was going on with that. And it kind of goes to like that Kurt Franklin situation where people was jumping to saying that he abused his son and all this other stuff. And it's like, based on that one clip and that one video, we don't know what's going on. And until like somebody comes out and just like, I've been abused XYZ my whole life, da 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 da. I just feel like this relationship and family matters. And abuse, we all know abuse is just not okay. But yeah. us kind of trying to create these theories and have these debates over it, we don't know off that one clip. Yeah, not, we don't know was, off a 15-second clip. 
people was talking about, oh, it looked like she was trying to fight somebody. And then he like pulled her, like get in this elevator. And then she just fell down dramatically. How you know? You wasn't there. And this uh-huh. was over a year ago. So they still stayed together. Not to say that that doesn't mean that it, she was abused. But, um, you know, they both gave statements basically saying it was a year ago. They both, you know, lived and learned. From she didn't say she was abused. She said they just had a lot of hurdles. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it was, honestly. But I mean, if she didn't say it was, then it's nothing else to discuss. Yeah. It didn't give me. So when I watched it, it didn't give me abused, but it didn't give me like, um, that's how I want to be treated either. You know, like, I don't care what the situation is. I don't think, I don't want no nigga to swing me into an elevator and me fall down. Like, I'm not going to be with you after that. So it didn't give me, like, he be beating on her, but it didn't give me a healthy relationship. Yeah, it didn't didn't give me a healthy relationship. Definitely didn't give me a healthy relationship. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's unfortunate that they, um, well, I'm not even going to say it. it's unfortunate they broke up because, you know, at the end of the day, you need to be in a relationship that serves you and that honors you and your boundaries and what you're looking for. So, you know, yeah, they broke up and people were upset about it because they were, you know, the Mr. and Mrs. Um, prom queen. But, you know, we have to be realistic and not date people based on the aesthetic or what would look good because what looks good doesn't always feel good. So, you know, mm-hmm. best of luck to both of them. I think they'll both be okay. I hate that that video painted Quavo in a certain way. But, you know, I think they'll both be able to bounce back and, um, you know, just give us music. And, you know, give us a, um, what do Sweetie call herself? Icy Girl Summer. Um, yeah, Icy Girl Summer. We just need High Girl, Icy Girl. I can participate in Icy Girl and High Girl, but the only one I can't participate in is City Girl. Mm. Yeah, but, the way, um, but the way that Uzi and JT been booed up, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, City I... Girl's kind of down. Girl, speaking of, do you see that mess? A couple days ago. So, okay, back up from a couple days ago. Did you see a couple weeks ago? It was maybe a week or two ago. Like, basically, Young Miami was already saying, like, her and Uzi don't get along. Yeah. And, like, like, he had, like, checked her before. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Miami is funny for me. Yeah, they both funny. I I like Young Miami a little bit more than um, JT. Especially now that she, like... Yeah, now that their personalities are really at the yeah. forefront versus their mm-hmm. music, like I really fuck with Young Miami because she's just like fun and she's just goofy. Yeah. Like I love that shit. But do you want to talk about what happened on the video? So what happened was basically um, Carisha joined, which is Miami. We call her Carisha right here. Carisha joined JT's um, live and JT was with Lil Uzi. Um, and some kind of way, Lil Uzi hopped in and started going back and forth with, um, Carisha, and it just got back on the subject of him, like, not liking her, and Young Miami was like, okay, at this point, if you don't like me, you don't like me, it's cool, like, we don't even gotta do all this, and Lil Uzi was kind of doing the most, and trying to, you know, get a point across, when he really didn't even have a point to get across, honestly, and then JT was like, you doing the most, you doing the most. And he was like, I know with my clothes, my shoes, my shoes, my jewelry, I do the most and everything, you know this. And he was just basically telling JT to like shut up and let her talk. And he was like, because in reality, if I told you to kiss me in my mouth right here on this live, you would do it. 
and just real kind of rude to him, to JT and Carisha. And it sparked this whole debate about like how JT really wasn't taking up for um, Carisha and Carisha was clearly trying to be um, respectful to mm-hmm. Uzi and, and respect, not even to Uzi, but respectful to JT of how, um, how even though little Uzi was being like rude to her. So mm-hmm. that happened. And then following shortly after that, young Miami boo Southside, which I don't know nothing about, but he looked like a hood nigga. He's probably like one of the hood nigga rappers. And um, he got on live and went off, honey. He was like, quit playing with her. He was like, if you don't like her, you don't like her. But quit playing with her like that. You need to worry about being weird and carry them down purses. And in the midst of it, since he dropped some tea, he said, um, I'm the same nigga that saved you from getting robbed by Offset. So Offset out here robbing niggas. And that's what everybody like. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. We was like, so, okay, so he just dropped this tea out of nowhere. So, for for what? It's a big, big energy for me. It's the big, I big. A man like, you better come in to my defense, nigga. If you wasn't right there when it happened, she, I need you to speak. Talk, he didn't even talk to Young Miami. He said he just got on here to let him know. And I and I respect that because don't be don't do my girl. Period. It's but the big dick energy for me. And it was just like, wow, that's crazy. And but I do think JT is wrong. Like that is not city girl energy. Letting somebody like Lil Uzi tell you to shut up, girl. And like punk your friend, like just mm-hmm. like you know talk bad to your friend. Like I'm a firm believer, like. Well, I don't know, because I feel like most of the time when your dude don't get along with one of your close friends, it may, you may choose him over her at first, but it feels mm-hmm. like those relationships end up never working out, and then you always end up trying to get that friend back. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like this isn't just a friend situation. This is her partner in crime. They're a whole group, city girls. Like you can't be talking mm-hmm. to somebody's like coworker, best friend, and you know, sister, everything. You know, you can't talk to somebody like that. And I think Okay, so I feel a little differently about JT. I feel like I understand her trying to step in. And no, she did not step in enough. However, they were on live. And I feel like she was trying to make it less of a situation than it already was. Because because realistically, has she continued to egg him on or continue to try to, you know, shut him down, it would have gotten more and more. And then that would have been a whole thing too, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think she was just trying to be amicable in that moment. Like, you know, I'm going to take this. Like, okay, he's telling me to shut up. Like, fuck it, whatever. But I think that she was just trying to like diffuse the situation a little bit by not adding to it. Because they were on live. Like at the end of the day, when you live, whatever happens, happens. You can't edit this out. You can't not show this. It's either in the live or everybody's going to be on business. Yes, celebrities be on live like it's FaceTime. And it's like, I get that y'all want, like, your Miami always on live and she go live with, um, what's his name? Uh, Santana. Yeah, Santana. And they they should be funny. But I feel like when it's like a situation, a real situation like that, I think go ahead and press that end button. Yeah, because they should have ended it way sooner. That's how G Herbo Carisha was crying. People thought she was. If you looked at the angle, it did kind of look like she was sad. But it was just like she was trying to, she was just disengaging. 
Yeah. I mean, at that point, that's all you can do. I probably would have just pressed the end button as soon as he came on there. Just because like, I didn't call to talk to you. So, and I think celebrities yeah. need to do that more often. Like, yeah, okay, maybe that would make the shade room too. Like, oh, she hung up on Lil Uzi, but that's better than them getting into it on live. So yeah. I just think they needed to look and use a little bit more discernment when it comes to these FaceTime IG lives. Um, same thing happened with, well, not the same thing, but a similar situation of how these FaceTime IG lives backfire is G Herbo and Tiana. They hadn't let anybody know what the gender was of the baby they were having and they were celebrating her birthday. They were on live and he kept saying he, he, he. And so she was just like, no, you didn't just tell the gender of our baby on live for one. Mm -hmm. She definitely, so he messed up and, um, you know, fucked up any gender reveal they were going to do. But for one, she definitely could have played that off and been like, you keep saying he, we don't know what it is. Get off the live. They said it was a girl earlier. So in reality, we don't know what it is, but still quit talking too much on live. Yeah, why are y'all on live? Like, just go on live for a quick little I'm moment. Not even a live person. Or just take a video and post it to IGTV, so that way we can see exactly what you wanted us to see and nothing more, nothing less. Stop being on live, having these little moments where you, you know it just leaves a lot to speculate. So, yeah. But anyways, um, so I don't know. Did you ever watch Bridgerton? No. So Bridgerton is a show, and I usually don't. I, I'm against the hype beast behind um, Netflix shows to watch and all that. Like, I never jump on the trendy trains. But Bridgerton, a few people told me to watch it. And I was like, you know what? Let me give it a try. It wasn't really my thing at first, but I, I got more and more into it. It's like one of those, you know, back set back in the old times where they had queens and kings and princes and stuff like that. It's actually a really good show. And so the only thing about it is that there was an interracial relationship, which isn't really a big deal, but it was like he was the only black guy. And his name is uh Regine Jean or mm-hmm. Rege Jean, something like that. But anyway, he's fine as fuck. Okay, that's the point. He's fine. Um, they storyline was cute with him and his um him and old girl. I'm not gonna tell everything to spoil it, but they're coming back for season two, and they said he's not gonna be on there. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, wasn't he like the main person? He was. Like the whole first season was about him for the most part. I think the first episode he wasn't in there um, or just like had barely got introduced. But all of those episodes afterward included him. So it was like they gave us their story. I don't know. I think what they're going to do is like try to give everybody their own story when it comes to like courtship and their relationships and, you know, their status in society. I think that's why he's not really going to be in it. But I still feel like, you know, he's a main character. So they could have brought him back. But apparently he was only contracted for one season anyway. And they're just not um, I heard back. from the I read from the book. Apparently, there's a book that he wasn't really in the second part, anyways. His character. Oh yeah, yeah. So that makes sense um, because they only contracted him for one season too. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everybody talking about they gonna cancel Bridgerton and they ain't watching it. I mean, I don't know. I might give it a try, but it's just sad to see that the only it was literally only maybe three black characters, which one is the queen. So like, I fuck with that. But it was um, that black guy and then his, like, quote, unquote, mom or the, the figure that acted like his mom. And, yeah, it's just sad to see him go. But I was like, yeah. y'all sure know how to ruin a show. Because he was fine. 
Yeah, he was on that. Um, what's that movie with Toby and the slaves? Roots. Yeah, he's in a new one. Oh, they got a new Roots. I'm like, girl, Roots is old and, as hell. Like that's no, why I was no, like, I, that's the one I watched because I never watched it. And my boyfriend made me watch it. And he was like, how about you watch the new one? <laughs> See if you like it. And that movie was good, bitch. I mean, watch the older one. But he was um Toby's like the slave daughter. I mean, son that he had. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had a new roots. I still haven't watched the old it's one. It's good, one. girl. <laughs> Is it as long as the old one? Because the old one yeah, was like long as part, hell. But they break it up in parts, so it's not that bad. I think it's like what did you watch it on? Hulu. Oh, okay. I think I roots on Hulu. Come on, Hulu. Hulu doing the damn thing when it comes to uh to stuff. Oh, you know, speaking of Hulu, you know what was good as hell? Mm-hmm. <sighs> what was that? Um, hold on, let me look it up. It was a movie that people kept posting. Um, oh, the United States versus Billy Holiday. Okay. It was really good. I never knew, I didn't know much about Billy Holiday. Um at all um, mm-hmm. other than the fact that she was a singer but I love those movies that can give us people's real life and you know just kind of educate us on it and it was I was like why is this title the United States versus Billie Holiday but like she was really instrumental in like making it a point to bring black issues for forth and I was like mm-hmm. damn and she had this song called um damn what was the Oh, the song is called Strange Fruit. And it's about, mm-hmm. you know, know you think, yeah, fruit on a tree is strange fruit because it's she's talking about black people being hung. Mm-hmm. And um, basically the whole movie is about how the United States was trying to get her, they was doing everything to frame this woman so that just so that she could not sing this damn song. Yeah. But yeah, that I movie was you. good. That movie was good. And it was somebody else fine in there. Oh, old dude from uh, uh, Moonlight. It. He's in there. Okay, I need to watch it then. Oh, wait, is he from Moonlight or... Wait, is he... No, yeah, he is from Moonlight. Okay. So, yeah, it was good. Oh, and he's a, the same guy from Bird Box. So, yeah, it was good. Oh, yeah, he's fine. With the he's fine as hell. <laughs> so... Let's move on to the next topic. The Derek Chauvin, how the fuck you say his name? I'm gonna fucking say it really. Trial. And if you don't know what that is, this is the white man that killed George Floyd last summer, murdered yes. George Floyd. And it's been like, you know, they've been doing the trial this week. Um, and it's been interesting to see because even like um, I want to say the sergeant over him said he should have um stopped putting like pressure on him like once he was um apprehended mm-hmm. and then but one of the emts that try to uh resuscitate george flory was not going on that stand little ginger hmm cow mm. hmm well, his mm. still, i like white boys like that Yes, baby. Put put some put some motherfucking pressure on these police officers because they trying to play it like, oh, he was this angry black man. No, that's what we're not going to do. And they released a body cam of a different officer that was there on scene. And it showed before George got arrested, before he was laying down or anything, 
apparently he was like um giving two people a ride or like they was trying to get a ride or whatever and that's how he got um stopped or pulled over because of like the $20 bill situation they basically were trying to catch him and then um yeah he's like begging he was like I'm sorry I didn't know I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry please don't shoot me like he's sitting in his car saying all this like please like damn near crying like saying please don't shoot me don't shoot me and they're like get out the car get out the car to get out the car and he's like please 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 like I didn't know I didn't know and like you can't it's funny how they try to fucking paint black people as angry. How was that man angry? How was that man? You can't say that anything negative about somebody who is pleading for their life before anything even fucking happens. Like we're so conditioned as black people to believe that police presence means that somebody's going to get shot or that something bad is going to happen. We're so conditioned that this man was sitting in his vehicle with the door open. And they're asking him to step out and he's begging for his life already. Like that is, mm-hmm. that's fucking sad. And then um, also the kid that was working the register when he um, had the $20 bill, that was um, a fake $20 bill. Um, he apparently, he went on Sam and he was saying that um, the manager of the store was telling him to go out there and tell him to come back so he can get arrested. And he said he refused. And then uh, the manager had another employee do it. Um, and then George, I guess, wasn't coming back. And so they called the the manager, called the police. And so that guy that was a cashier, he said that he offered to have them just take the $20 out of his check because he didn't want nothing to happen. He felt like so guilty about all this happening just because he recognized that it was a $20 bill. Like he was simply doing his job. Um, But also what people don't understand is that money, like when you have cash, you don't always know when there's like a fake bill. Like there are some really good fake bills out there. And the fact that it gets into somebody's hand that's like innocent. Uh-huh. Like I know people that have had fake money and didn't realize it and, you know, have gotten off on it. Like somebody just like, oh, this is fake. And then they just like take it from them. And they're like, oh, damn, like I didn't know it was fake. Because it's not like they got fucking Quavo face or sweet sweetie face instead of George Washington or something. Like they look real. So, you know, a lot of times people get away with it because they don't even know that they're getting away with it. And the fact that you took a $20 bill or took a $100 bill from somebody not knowing that it's fake, like you don't know either unless you're walking around with a fucking counterfeit Mm -hmm. pen. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, this trial has been something else. And another thing, some people have been calling it the George Floyd trial. Um, And somebody Mm -hmm. made a good point and said, do not say that it is George Floyd trial because he is not on trial. George Floyd is resting in peace. Um, Derek, whatever the fuck his name is, he's the one that's on trial. So we need to say his name because it's his trial, not George Floyd's. Because trial means that it's their person being prosecuted. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I agree with all that. That shit was, I was working. Just I just thought it was funny how the EMT was not going for it. It was like they was mm. trying to basically get the EMT to say that it wasn't a sense of force. And he was just like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, y'all got to watch the video. It was just, he, Cal wasn't going, okay? Period. And, you know, I love to see it. I'm I'm glad that all these people are actually speaking the fuck up and are not getting caught up by these questions that they're these leading ass questions that they're trying to ask and trying to um, trip people up on stuff. Like, I'm glad that they're calling a spade a spade. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. nobody needs their neck 
um, kneeled on for nine fucking minutes to uh, mm-hmm. to be able to arrest them. If you gotta do all that, you, you can't do your job. Yeah, I hope he get charged. I hope he fucking rot in jail. And he the same person who um was allegedly like had cars and uh, like a what did he have? Like a fucking Ferrari or something in Florida, like and was basically affording all this money on uh, all this shit on a police salary and it was yeah he needed to go to jail yeah and right i bitch. think he gonna get i really do think he gonna get charged first i want i want a i want a video <laughs> of him making license plates girl i want to see him okay. in the kitchen <laughs> making uh-huh. making the food <laughs> that's funny so next and last topic is Nas X video and shoes. And it has Christian Twitter up in arms, honey. So I don't know if y'all seen his video, but basically the video was, um, it started out with him in heaven and he like kissed the alien and then he slid his ass down to hell on a stripper pole and gave the devil a lap dance and then broke his neck and then he took the throne as the devil and then his shoes that he came out in relation to that is called Satan shoes which is black and white which I thought was cute but he kind of lost me when he was like has one drop of human blood in it and I was like yikes that's a little too much for me um, yeah, they're Air Maxes. They're um, so they look like a. It's a tradition. It, it actually isn't just a lookalike. It is a traditional Nike Air Max shoe, and he's claiming that it has one drop of blood on it, and then it has um, a scripture on it about that's related to the devil. And then only six hundred and sixty-six um, of them are available, and I forgot how much they cost, but yeah. So everybody okay. was like up in arms about it because we're just like, well, when the hell like did Nike get so damn dark? Like what the fuck? Because it's literally a Nike shoe. So everybody was up in arms and like talking about cancel Nike and all this and that. Um, but come to find out, <laughs> baby, um, <laughs> it's not even Nike authorized. So you know how people can resell how shoes. How did it get that big? But yeah. I- Okay. Yeah, so so you know we always see customized shoes on on Instagram, like people paint the shoes and stuff like that. So basically, this company that Lil Nas X was working with has gotten a hold of the Nike Air Maxes that look just that are those shoes, and they have customized them to have the quote unquote one drop of blood to have the scripture on them, um, and all that, and they are reselling them essentially. But passing it off, like, um, it was just never really disclosed until Nike gave their statement saying that they have no affiliation with Nas or Nas X or the company that was reselling them. Um, so, yeah, it was just, it made it seem as though it was a Nike authorized sale because it, it was, wasn't. it wasn't, they really didn't, it was like, kind of like they was whispering that it was from a different company, um, but they didn't make it like they should have been broad and out with saying like this is not Nike authorized because Nike really got some backlash for that shit. But baby, Nike don't play that. They said we are not affiliated with Nas X or this other whatever company. And, and not then only they that, got the judge to shut mm-hmm. it down. They got the judge. So the shoes sold out, but the judge shut it down, meaning like they can't 
ship any of the shoes to anybody. So they're going to end up eventually having to re, uh, refund them. And Nike is, um, I think, allegedly suing them um, for the whole situation. And Lil Nas X was upset because he's like, people resell shoes all the time. Like, what's the problem? But sweetie, you are messing up their brands because these are Nike shoes and you're associating yeah. them with a Satan. You know, then you're putting a certain belief on this company. I think it would have been I think he probably would have not gotten as much backlash if he did not have his own blood in it. I think he would have still got backlash. That, I think he probably but not as much. I think that pushed it over the fucking edge. Like I feel like people would have yeah. still been upset, yeah. but that was just like, come on now. Yeah, even human blood, even with me, and I'd be like, you know, I'd be minding my business. That human blood part, I was like, now you can't be doing that. But as far as the video, I don't think the video was that big of a deal. Because people video see was gay funny. people, they go. <laughs> I was like, why? It was stripper pose so damn like, long. Did y'all not see <laughs> exactly? Did y'all not see the sarcasm in it? Because people tell gay people to go to hell all the time, or they're gonna go to hell for being gay. And he literally did that. You know what I mean? And then he opened, he wrote an open letter to his um, younger self talking about, like, I know we said we would never be this gay. It's just literally a song and a video about him living in his truth, regardless of what people said of him going to hell or not. And that's really yeah. what it is. Now, the saving shoes with the drop of human blood, that was too much for me. But... I mean, honestly, like the video just had a bigger message than what people was looking over. Yeah, the first thing at. I saw oh, was the like, video, and I was like, "Okay, I mean, artistic expression." Like, I get where he's going, but then when I saw the shoes that go along with the video, I said, like, "Okay, well, now wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute." The human blood was a part where I was like, "Okay, I whose human blood oh, is man. these drops?" Uh, like, that's, that's what I was wondering. And then I started thinking about voodoo and witchcraft, and I was just like, "Now." Mm-mm, that's you know, Miley Cyrus <laughs> wore those shoes. Like, she took a picture with those shoes on. I'm, I'm sure she did. I was like, girl, you just celebrated um 10 years of Hannah Montana. Come on now. You know, Miley's gonna do Miley gonna Miley. She's gonna do whatever she wants, honey. Girl, I was like, come on now, Miley. But, yeah, that was oh, just... yeah. Well, that's pretty much... Um, he better hope he's still on his name when they done because <laughs> baby, I think they're gonna sue him. I think they're gonna sue. I think they're gonna sue the company that did it for him. Well, I uh, from what I remember, the lawsuit is against both of them. Uh, because I mean, I still, I still feel like Nas can get out of it. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's gonna he ain't gonna get the brunt of it now. The, but the shoe play, the shoe company, not gonna be able to get out of that. But now right. you can't get out of that. Right. So, they- yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's go ahead and get into um, the main segment. And we have a special guest. And so, yeah, we'll talk about it again. Okay, gang. So, let's go ahead and get into our media segment. No, not our media segment. Our, <laughs> our main segment. Oh, it's been a long week, y'all. But anyways, let's get into our main segment. Today, we have a guest, and his name is Christopher Scott, and he is a social worker out of Portland, Oregon, and he's also known as the hip-hop social worker on Instagram. So, hey, Christopher. Do you prefer to go by Christopher or Chris? What do you prefer to go by? You know, I'm casual. Uh, 
I, I don't really have a preference. Okay. Well, we don't go with Chris. Yeah. <laughs> that, works. <laughs> that works. Okay. So welcome. Thank you for coming on today. Um, so today we're gonna talk about black men and mental health and just kind of go into detail about that. So before we get started, I just wanted you to kind of give us um your background, like give us your credentials, like why you became a social worker and all that. For sure. So, yeah, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Um, I became a social worker because my, my initial <coughs> excuse me, idea was to become like a person that works with children primarily. And the only thing I knew about working with children was working for DHS. So I wanted to work for DHS, which is the Department of Human Services, uh, you know, um, Child Protective Services. Um, but as I learned more, I learned more that that was not the route I wanted to go. So I became an official social worker. I had a job in a juvenile jail and um, there was this guy who, who came in and he would he meet with the kids for like an hour at a time. And I was like, hey, you know, what do you do? He was like, I'm a therapist. So um, he started talking to me about how, you know, uh, how how to become a therapist, why being a therapist might be helpful for a person like me, because there's a lot of, you know, kids that we worked with in our population. That was kids of color, black kids, brown kids. And it wasn't a lot of black and brown therapists. So I took it upon myself to apply to go to grad school. I got in and the rest is a career. Okay. So how long have you been a um, social worker? Officially since 2017. That's when I got my MSW. But I've been doing social work since, I mean, you're talking about like, you know, like, uh, you know, just working with people in direct service uh, since I was in high school. And then I got my first um you know, uh, then I got my first kind of like full time job, like 2011. So about you know, give or take, you know, 10 years. Okay, okay, that's a pretty long time in the field. So, do you know why? I'm curious. I always ask people this because you know it's this unspoken, low key kind of feud between licensed professional counselors and social workers. So I just I'm wondering why you decided to go the social work uh, worker route instead of like the licensed professional counselor. Um, because I I wanted um, you know I, I wanted to have options like just in case um, you know therapy wasn't really my you know my thing so um, I heard that you know social work there's a lot of things you can um, you know you could um, you know do with like you could be you could be a therapist you could get into um, you know uh, like traditional social work which is like you know trying to find resources and connect resources with people get into politics, policy, um, you know, uh, be a school social worker, which is which is the same as, like, you know, trying to find these kids' resources and stuff like that. So, like, just in case, you know, I didn't want to, like, be doing therapy all the time, you know, I, I chose social work. Mental diagnosis tends to present differently from, like, as far as, like, race, gender, and all that. So when you throw in, like, a different ethnicity and a different gender in it, I'm just kind of curious or do you mind telling our audience, like, how does depression show up in... So, it can show up as, like, kind of isolation, you mm -hmm. know, like, just kind of being short, um, you know, just, like, you know, you ask someone how they're doing, you know, it's like, oh, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right, or, you know, like, just, like, you know, everything is good type of answer, really just, mm -hmm. like, nonchalantness, you know, um, I know, you know, just kind of, when I was going through my style, you know, you know, in college, I know that, um, we have this idea that we can't show, you know, um, signs of, you know, weakness, you know, we think that, you know, being like vulnerable is a sign for weakness. So like, so like 
it can sh- it can show up in like you know isolation. It can also show up in like kind of um, being like you know overzealous, you know, like you know being super up. You know, what I'm saying I'm always kind of like you know being like a person who who wants to be like the comic relief. You know, like mm-hmm. you just want to be like the person who comes in and just be the fun guy and. Are you know? Are you just always trying to like you know stunting? You know what I'm saying? Just coming through mm-hmm. with the you know, just always trying to look good and you know always trying to just you know just always trying to be that person, you know. So you don't um, you know, so you don't seem like you're going through stuff, right? Because we're told yeah. that you're not supposed to go through things, right? So it's 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 many ways, you know. I do see that you know in black males, we try to hide things, you know, and that could be on you know two extremes. It could be you're doing too much, you, you, you know, to keep things down, or you just like, you know, you're just totally disengaged and, and you're just out here trying to survive, you know. So that's how I see it show up. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely have to agree with that. It is definitely like a spectrum of it. So it's just like either they're out partying, kicking it, trying to keep up with the Jones, or either they just like in the house, not doing nothing at all. Um, I also right. noticed that, um, <clears throat> black men tend to be like their depression depressed mood tends to come off like more as kind of like a irritation like irritated or like mm-hmm. angry right. um that's ha- that is what i've noticed and i also noticed that um sexual dysfunction is a big symptom as well okay so um when you say sexual dysfunction like can you elaborate on that like they may have a hard time, um, like as far as like erectile dysfunction or getting in the mood or anything like that. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I definitely um, talked to a few people, you know, that you know that that has dealt with that, you know, and <clears throat> you know they haven't been like so like um, um, you know descriptive with it, you know, but I was able to kind of put you know, two together, like, okay, so you're not in the mood and you're just trying to, you know, so like, and and I get that, you know, just feeling, mm-hmm. you know, depressed, right? Because when you're depressed, you know, like, um, um, you know, you already lack motivation, you lack interest and you lack, you know, things that just, you know, the, you know, there's nothing that brings you joy, right? So like, so if, you know, if, so like, you know, when you're up and you're feeling good, you know, you might be like more like, you know, things like you're normal, you, know, you might have the normal sexual appetite, but when you see, you know, when you like have that sadness, you just want to kind of just, you know, you just be down in the dumps and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. That kind of um, would show up for sure. Yeah. So I have a question with you being in Portland, Oregon, um, and I'm sure uh, the population is mostly of uh, not of color. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see what's your primary clientele? Is it? men is it men of color is it like or do you kind of just see a mixture of everyone sure in my private practice it's all men of color um but at work it's 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 a lot of white people you know that i work with you know primarily so um and really um i feel like in portland you know like we uh lack a lot of like cultural specific um services you know, so like uh, we have one hospital that kind of has a you know a program that you know addresses those kind of you know like um, inequities, right? But but then you know you know that program is really hard to get into, right? So and then you know like it's hard to kind of, like it, it, you know, excuse me, but then it's hard to find like um, service providers that look like us too. So like it's it's mm-hmm. kind of like a you know like a um, 
an imbalance. But in my private practice, all my referrals have been black males. Okay. Yeah. So do you well, notice? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, uh, I've had a few, um, you know, black women or women of color that, um, you know, have mm -hmm. come through and, 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 you know, have referrals, but, um, you know, we haven't really had a chance to meet yet. So. Okay. So what differences, I know you said at work, you see primarily um, white, white people and then in your private practice, you see like people of color or black males. So like when it comes to like seeing the difference, like what major difference do you see like in between like depression in white men and black men? Um, you know, it's, I feel like um, the differences, like, you know, um, a, 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 a white male would really um, feel more comfortable, like speaking his, you know, speaking out, you know, just kind mm -hmm. of, you know, because, you know, he's, he's probably never been in a position to where he's never like, you know, been in the room and, and he was like the person that, you know, is going to be judged by anything. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so he, so he can speak freely, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, I can speak as, you know, as free as I want because ain't nobody going to judge me here because, you know, I have the privilege to kind of just feel comfortable wherever I go. Right. So, so mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those things, um, you know, and then one thing I noticed is that white, but men usually engage in treatment at a younger age. You know, mm. I've had a lot of white men come and treat me at the age of 17, 18, you know, 21, you know, and just really wanting help, you know, and I don't see a lot of, you know, young men of color do that, you know. It's like, you know, like they, you know, they, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if, you know, maybe, you know, it, you, you, you know, maybe it's like, you know, lack of information, lack of resources or yeah. whatever, but, you know, but I, I, but I do see, you know, a trend is that, you know, like, you know, um, white men usually will engage in treatment earlier. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, and, but like I said, you know, um, you know, um, we don't have that privilege, you know, so like, I don't want to, mm -hmm. like, like, you know, if I'm a black male, I don't want to walk into a group when I'm just the only one and yeah. the group is already like a vulnerable space. I don't know who's going to be in this group. I don't know, um, you know, um, you know, like what this person's going to say, you know, cause you know, I'm already dealing with, um, you know, like, you know, my own mental health stuff. I might hear something racist and then that's another issue mm -hmm. or, you know, uh -huh. like I might hear. Just, so like, it's, it's so much that you just don't yeah. know on the other side. Cause you know, like when you add race, you know, that's a barrier that, you know, that if I don't have to deal with it, I don't want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'd rather just you oh, know, smoke my weed, mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? Stay at the house because at least I know that, you know, at least, at least I know like, you know, what kind of comfort that provides, which, you know, I mean, I, I'm not against marijuana smoking, but, you know, if you're a person that has anxiety, you know, and marijuana is inducing, you know, paranoia and you're already paranoid, <laughs> you know, yeah, it ain't gonna you know, help. <laughs> yeah. You know, so and that's what so, I also noticed. Um, as far as just substance use, like when I've been like when I was doing my research, um, it's more likely for black men to engage in like substance use and use marijuana and alcohol to help kind of cope with depression and anxiety. Um, so I found that interesting. I think that may be like I think it may just be like black people in general, because just me seeing my clients, I get a lot of clients that are like dependent on marijuana. And most of my clientele is black. Right. For sure. And that's kind of what we've been told, right? You know, like we listen to songs, they say weed is my medicine and all these mm -hmm. stuff, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know, I mean, 
hey, you know what I'm saying? Like I like I said, I, I, I ain't a hater, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I do my thing, but also I'm also self-aware of, you know, of you know, if I'm in this kind of mood, I probably shouldn't be drinking or I probably shouldn't be yeah. you know, doing X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. and but I'm privileged enough to have that self-awareness, you know, yeah. and have other you know, and have other resources that you know that I can lean on. Yeah. That's that's definitely the self-awareness is important. Like you said, like using it is not really a bad thing, but it's just like when you're starting to depend on it, that's when it becomes an issue. Right. Um, Oh, I was just going to ask. So with your difference in clientele, like, you know, it seems pretty separate, like private practice, you see black men and then, you know, at work, you see white men or, you know, more white clientele. Do you find yourself in a way code switching? Like, do you are you able do you feel more comfortable with your black clients or do you just kind of keep it the same professional across the board? For sure. Um, My approach is pretty similar. You know, the content is different, you know. Um, so, like, I I speak with a stutter. So, like, I can't really be switching up too much because that's going to make it hard for me to kind of, you know, get what I'm trying to say out. You know what I'm saying? So, the way I, so the way I deliver services, it's pretty, I mean, you know, like, it, it's pretty similar, right? So, but, but you know, of course, you know, um, if I have a black man in front of me talking about, you know, his life, we're going to be talking about, you know, race and we're talking about, you know, living in Portland and things like that. Right. So but in, and of course, if I have a white you know person in front of me talking about, you know, their issues, you know, race probably won't come up because it's probably not, a, you know, like a barrier for them. Right. So so the content is different. The delivery is pretty similar. You know, like I said, I speak with a stammer. I can't you know, I mean, I probably would, you know, um, you know, like it probably would help you know, like my career trajectory, if I can, you know, get in front of people and, you know, code switch, things like that. But I just, I personally just, you know, um, you know, like really teaching myself how to like, you know, speak without like, you know, minimal stuttering, things like that. I just got to kind of have it, you know, be what it is. So. Yeah. Okay. So just adding on to that, do you think anxiety presents differently in black men? Um, for sure. I, I feel like, you know, it's it's the same. Uh, I feel like it, it has the same kind of presentation as a depression, you know, but I feel like but with that, I mean, you know, like you, you see more, you know, probably more uh, drug use, you know, what I'm saying um, that could be something or, you know, um, or like I say, you know, isolation, you know, what I'm saying really just, uh, you know, uh, just really just paranoid for whatever reason right you know like you you know you don't want to go here without you know knowing who there you know or you don't want to go here without you know having you know five people you know with you and things like that so so it i mean it presents different because i feel like you know um you don't really have the privilege of not like you know going somewhere like you know what i'm saying like if you got to work i got to mm-hmm. go to work but you know but there's but you know i i got to figure out you know how to make it through my day, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, mm-hmm. so if you, so if you find yourself, you know, like you might have somebody that, you know, like, you know, like isolates for a little bit longer, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they might be, uh, you know, having some problems with their anxiety, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, or, or if they're buried in work, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's, you know, that's the way, um, you know, of, you know, a sign of anxiety. Like I know like a lot of people that I know, you know, we grew up, 
without having much, right? So like, um, so like you know they, you know they work all the time just because you know like, you know like the stress of trying to make it in this in this you know this society is really just yeah. You know, I mean that comes from you know being anxious about you know finances and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so but I mean, but everybody's different. So you know what I'm saying. But uh, but usually like when someone is like drowning and you know um. You know, like um, just you know, like their substances, and you know, you know, and just kind of being distant, being isolated. You know, they're probably you know stressed out or just super anxious about some things for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that. And it's just, um, I was reading something online as well that just stated the top stressors for Black men tend to be the first one is money and finances. So just the lack of economic opportunities and the inability to make ends meet, like you mentioned. And then race and racism, um, jobs and careers. So difficulty finding and keeping um, fulfilling jobs or a career. And then relationships and family. So struggling with, sorry, <laughs> struggling mm-hmm. with um, relationships and significant others. And then health and illness. Um, so I have to say, just looking at that, um, this was interesting to me because, especially with money and finances being the first one, because I have to say, there, us being in the social media area and seeing all these debates between black men and black women, money is a big topic, especially in the right. city girl and hot girl era. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure, right? Yeah, and I know for me personally, I mean, just how I think, you know, like I know, like race plays kind of into the money um aspect because like because so like let's say like i have a job that's a good paying job right and i'm going through my life and i'm progressing and i'm making it but i lose that job right so like how race plays into that is like you know me being black i think like man it's hard enough for me to kind of go in a room full of like you know white people and like you know and really like like outperform these white people in an interview then i lose my good paying job now i gotta do that again you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like, and, and, and you never really know, like, okay, so is, can this happen again? Because, cause, you know, like, I just don't see myself really, you know, like, um, you know, having that, you, you know, you, you know, skills to bust those moves because, you know, because you just never know how race shows up, you know, like race might show up and, you know, okay, so we got five people to hire. Chris, you're good, but this office is full of like, you know, white people. So we're going to hire Another mm-hmm. white person just you know just because we don't want to have to deal with you know the equity and things like that and you know walking on eggshells because we might say something that you know um you know um you know might offend you or stuff like that so so I know like that's how race and finances play a role with me like you know like if I ever fall off you know it might not be easy to you know to get back home yeah I definitely agree with that so yeah. also um I noticed that um, men are, just in general, men are just like four times more likely to die by suicide. But with Black men, it goes up to like eight times more likely um, to die by suicide. Um, And that's interesting to me because, you know, growing up, people said in our communities, they say things like, that's something that Black people don't do. Like, you know what I mean? And I truly believe that until I actually lost my father um, to suicide. So um, do you see that come about often in the community or do you think we need to talk about it a little bit more? What is your thoughts around that? I feel like um, we don't have to, like, I mean, like, we don't have to really address 
the suicide like off rip. But if we address like, you know, just getting into mental health mm-hmm. treatment, when you see the signs, you know, that's where we could start, right? Because that will mm-hmm. ultimately um, uh, have an effect on you know, the suicide numbers going down, right? I feel like this world is stressful enough for a black man, you know, um, or black people, people of color, you know, if, if, if not a white person, you know what I'm saying? Like the world is stressful enough because you got to like deal with like, you know, the racism, the stereotypes and all that stuff, right? So unfortunately our stereotype is that we're strong mm-hmm. and that we, and, and that we kind of, you know, survivors and we just kind of pick up and we just kind of go, right? And and a part of that is, you know, um, and I see this a lot with like um, families that are, um, you know, um, you know, from like overseas or, you know, like refugee families, right? So like, so like you might have a young person that, you know, that's in America and they're sad, you know, they have depression and they tell their parents and their parents are like, well, why are you depressed? I live through X, Y, and Z. You shouldn't be depressed. You know, your life is good, right? So mm-hmm. then that so then that kind of kills the you know the therapy momentum. So then they kind of hide it and then they become suicidal because they don't have nowhere to go. And 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 I feel like I see that too many times because you know, you know, it's a generational thing, right? I mean, because you know, like you know, back in the day, people were going through a whole lot of hard stuff. That doesn't mean that life is easier now. It, you know, because and, and you know, like we adapt to our stressors, right? So, okay, so, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, you know, in the 70s, you know, like it might've been hard to get a job, okay, right? You got a job, you went through that, you know, I'm sure you was, you know, like, um, you know, you might've been, you know, um, you know, anxious and depressed during that, but, you know, you, you were able to kind of fight through it, you got a job, cool. But nowadays, you know what I'm saying, you might have a young person that has to go to school and have Instagram and like, you know, like Instagram in their face, you know, like they can never unplug you know, something right. embarrassing happens at school. I see it all the time, right? I right. see it at home. People are resharing it. I go viral. I see it on the news. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can only imagine, like, if, like, like if someone went viral and they have to see that shit all the time, over and over and over again, right? So I say that to say, you know, um, we got to really support people going to therapy because if you go to therapy or just Support people being healthy, you know what I'm saying? Expressing themselves because therapy ain't a one-stop shop, you know, but mm-hmm. if you, but if you don't go to therapy, try to have a friend group, you know, or try to have people in your life that you can come out to and, and you know, get that emotional support, right? You know, someone that says, you know what, um, you know what, you, you know what, it's all good, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I know you're going through some things. Let's talk it out. I got your back. Don't worry about nothing. Right. I feel mm-hmm. like in our community, we go through this toxic positivity, right? We always good, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing, you know what I'm saying? I'm always good, I, I'm good, you know what I'm saying? Like, like by actually, how you doing? You might Blessed. be blessed, uh, right? <laughs> right? Uh-huh. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and that stuff right there, you suppressing things and, yeah. and you know, you know, and suicidality, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, comes from, you know, suppressing stuff and you can't take no more and you just want it to end, right? And I feel like if we, get to a point where we stop trying to suppress everything stop trying to live hard stop trying to you know like you know have this like emotional kind of like you know either my emotions are good or i don't have emotions at all right yeah. you know what i'm saying like 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 either i'm in a good mood or or i'm level you know tell your men you know what i'm saying you sad you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and then and then when your man still you, you that he's sad don't try to come through with no damn advice you know 
you know what I'm saying? With no, oh man, you know what I'm saying? It ain't no thing. It ain't, you know, no, man. He said, listen to uh-huh. him. You know what I'm saying? Listen to her. You know what I'm saying? Because women, you know, can do it too, right? Listen to, you know, so listen to your people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going through some stuff. Quit trying to fix them by like positive advice. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We don't need that all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, and so, that- so if, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that goes into what we were about to ask you. Like, how can we support um, not just as black women, but just people in general? How can you support a black man that's going through depression or anxiety or suicidal ideation or thought, you know, obviously suicidal ideation. That's a more higher level um, step that you have to take with getting someone involved with that. But how can we support um, just black men in general that are going through things that maybe they don't want to talk about, but we see like a shift in their attitude, a shift in their behavior? Mm -hmm. Especially in relationships. <laughs> yeah, we just, you know, as women, as black women, you know, we have, we're the highest educational, you know, highest earning. We're, we're just on this level of like, well, you know, like you said before, we're like, well, why are you going through stuff? Like I, I've dealt with this stuff and we try to be sympathetic, but it's also just like, well, get it together. Like we ain't got time for this. So how can we like, uh, and it's and it's sad to say, but it's honest. Like you know, we'd be like, "Well, I don't know what to do." Like this, this, I was gonna say the N word, but this guy going through stuff. Like I don't know. Like I'm gonna just leave him alone. Yeah. But how can we? Um, what's a healthy way for us to interact mm-hmm. and you know support a black man? Right. Uh, just you know, create a space. You know what I'm saying? Create a space that is um, that's nurturing. You know, um, I feel like everybody needs that, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and really try to, you know, just like, I mean, I don't know, like, if there's any more advice that I can say, just, you know, create that space that, you know, to where they could come and just be themselves or, you know, be able to kind of, you know, you know, um, say things that, you know, that hurt them, you know, without being judged, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, you know, without being kind of like criticized, you know, I've seen my mom and dad, um, you know, like, you know, my dad tried to kind of be expressive and my mom shutting down, right? You know, <laughs> something like that, right? So I was like, damn, that's, you know, that's so like, that kind of taught me, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like you being a black man, like, saying, like you know, you like really have safe. to, right, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Even my mom had told me one time, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? To quit crying, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so, so, you know, and, you know, and, and that's my mom, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, and she don't love me no less, but, but at the same time, it's like, you know, um, I think her idea was that, you know, this world is hard, so you got to be hard too, right? Yeah. So, and, mm-hmm. and the world is hard, and and we do have to have some kind of, a, you know, a grit, but make your home a place to where, you know what I'm saying, where you both can have the nurturing space, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and then, you know, um, you know, and then if, you know, if, you know, if, if there's someone that you're dealing with in and they show you that they need more help than you can provide, you know, don't try to, uh, you know, stick around and, you know, hope for the best. Just kind of kindly let them go figure their stuff out. You know what I'm saying? I feel like just mm-hmm. in relationships in general, you know what I'm saying? We try to be, you know, more than what somebody needs, right? You right. Know what I'm yeah. we As women, we be trying to fix it. Yeah. Right? You, you know? gotta find that yeah. balance between being there and knowing when you need to probably, like, take some steps back. Right. You know, so, yeah. So, like, you know, and that comes from setting boundaries, you know, what I'm saying setting boundaries, you know, um, you know, because some people might, you know, manipulate, you know, but but then again, you know, saying 
if one person manipulates, that doesn't mean everyone's gonna manipulate. So, mm-hmm. so, so you gotta really, you know, um, you know, test the waters, see what yeah. you, 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 you know, see what your partner needs, see what you, you know, like, you know, see what he's willing to give, see what you're willing to give, and then just make a space that is about, you know, nurturing, you know, yeah. so you can pour into each other, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's um, important. kind of goes back to like why everybody needs to go to therapy, because in order to do that and have that discernment of when to like, you know, be there for them or when you probably need to walk away, that you have to go to therapy, too, and have that self-awareness. It's same for him, because um, these safe spaces just don't come out of nowhere. And you can't create right. a safe space for someone. And then the next day, you're hanging in their ear and talking about what they're doing wrong and X, Y, Z. It's like... It, it, can't, it takes a lot of self-awareness on both ends, basically. So, mm-hmm. And just one last question. So we all know on social media, you call yourself the hip-hop social worker. So how do you incorporate hip-hop into your therapy practice? Like, how do you make um, therapy relatable and accessible for Black men? Right. So um, I don't do it much in, like, in, in my therapy practices, mm-hmm. but I do it a lot. And like, you know, if I'm doing workshops, you know what I'm saying? So like um, I use hip hop lyrics on how to explain um, community trauma, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, so like there's a lot of lyrics that, you know, like, you know, like these rappers were saying that was really explaining what was going on in the neighborhood and why I might be aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. why, you know, like why I might be short with you or why I might be like, you know, untrustworthy of the system or, you know, or why, you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, um, you know, like, you know, it, it might explain why I do criminal activities, you know what I'm saying? It might explain mm-hmm. all these things. So, like, you know, we have these neighborhoods, um, you know, like, you know, um, I don't want to say the names of any cities, but if you live in a big city and you got a hood around you and you see the hood is full of crime, violence, okay, I'll use Portland as an example because I know about this. We have a neighborhood in East Portland and we call it the Numbers, right? Mm-hmm. It's called the Numbers. And the numbers is a place where, you know what I'm saying, if you were to be in where any trouble would have happened, it's out there. You know what I'm saying? It's got a lot of drugs, a lot of crime, a lot of like robbery and stuff like that, right? But it's not because the people are bad out there. It's because that there's nothing out there to build the community, mm-hmm. right? And in hip hop, those kind of lyrics have been said since NWA, fuck the police, excuse my language, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like, they weren't saying F the police because I just don't like the police. They were saying that because mm-hmm. they's on our ass for whatever we do. They come to our neighborhood beating us up and they go to Beverly Hills asking questions. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. so, so, so in, in that regard, you know what I'm saying? Like you look at the numbers, like, you know what I'm saying? And there ain't no, you know what I'm saying? Like there ain't nothing to do out there. Schools are overran. Schools are underfunded, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of rap lyrics that kind of explain those kind of situations. Like, you know, something that comes to my mind is um, on the Jay-Z and Kanye CD, Watch the Throne, you know what I'm saying? On the song, Welcome to the Jungle, you know, where, uh, you know, where Jay-Z says, you know, where the F is the press, where the F is the press, you know what I'm saying? I'm effing depressed. No crying to judges, just lying in public, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, no, no, no crying in public, just lying to judges, you know what I'm saying? So he's explaining how his neighborhood turned him into a hardcore drug dealing person who just needed you know, to do this because this is how I'm going to make it, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I- I'm risking my life. I'm, a- I'm already dying, so so F it, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, and so, like, 
So I use that to kind of explain like these people in these conditions aren't people who just want to do bad things. You know, they just don't. Yeah, they're surviving. You know, so that's how I use it in that regard. Yeah, right. That's great. I incorporate a lot of lyrics into my work as well. <laughs> I use a lot of the, I'm, I'm really into like female rap and I tend to use like their lyrics as affirmations. Um, Cause I notice just with my clientele, I'm like, okay, repeat your affirmations, meditate, da, 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 da. And it just wasn't relatable to them. And I literally had to, you know, go a little ratchet. Like I'm a hot girl. Like you a hot girl. Like you gotta support, you gotta believe that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's how I incorporated my lyrics. I like how you use it, like, more not as ratchet, though. So, <laughs> that's definitely cool. That's definitely sure. cool to see. So, just kind of tell um, our audience um, where to find you, what to follow you on, and anything else you want them to know. Right. So, uh, you know, I, it's, it's a one-stop shop. You can go to my website hiphopsocialworker.com and I have everything on there from my Instagram, my podcast. I made a mindfulness CD, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just like me kind of talking over uh, rap beats that you can okay. go in, and you can go stream on there. <laughs> so yeah, uh, emails, everything's on the website. So go to hiphopsocialworker.com if you want to learn more about what I've got going on. Okay. Well, we'll definitely tag you in the um, information part of this episode. And thank you for joining us today. It was really a pleasure to have you on. Yes. No problem. Thank you for having me. Continue doing okay. the good work. Yeah. Appreciate it. Y'all too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, you have a good day, you. okay? social media that we just kind of wanted to talk about a little bit more into detail and it starts with like this um basically it's a show called notorious queens i think it's like a bunch of girls um that have been in reality tv on there um and i don't know what show it's on it's on it's on all black yeah it's Mm -hmm. not it's one of them new subscription series So um, basically, Megan James, who's like an ex-black girls club girl, said this, and I'm just going to play this one. Somebody in the comments said the bars in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, on the clip, Megan is saying she respectfully, which means using condoms and don't let me find out. And um, she said pretty much anything in her relationship is workoutable, but don't don't have no baby on me. Um, but everything else is workoutable in a relationship. Unless, 
Yeah, unless you have a baby on her, give her STD or um or you're gay. Um, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, cheating in general is disrespectful, and absolutely not. If you give a a guy that option, then he's definitely going to take it. And I just think that kind of goes with. Remember, when we was talking to Lindsay about the sex therapy, and she was like, um. A lot of black men struggle with infidelity because, you know, it's slavery. They were used to breed and like have sex with multiple people and all that. And it's just kind of been, like a trait that's passed down. That's just kind of like that is not helping breaking that generational cycle. Um, and no, I feel like I feel like the reason she said that though is because she is in the celebrity culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's kind of like almost expected for your man to cheat. And if you're a celebrity. Yeah. So, yeah, my thoughts are the same. I don't think that there is a respectful way to cheat because in cheating in general, um, you're taking a lot of risks. You can have a baby with somebody. You can get an STD from them. Um, You could um, bring back just bacteria in general and throw off your girl pH balance. And now she got yeast infections and BV all because, and don't know where it's coming from, but because your ass sticking your penis into this hole and that hole. Um, I think I agree with what you said. I think that she said that because she's in this celebrity world and whether you want to believe it or not, when it comes to that celebrity world, um, that is the norm. That is acceptable for a lot of these women, not all of them, but a lot of these women have, um, they have their men uh, use NDAs with women and it just can never come out uh, that they're cheating. And it's like, they have this idea of cheating respectfully. So I think that she got that from being in this world. And there's, I've heard personally, some of our biggest celebrities that are like, we look at like, oh, he's such a good man. He's such a family man have those deals um so i mean of course i don't know any truth to them other than just knowing a few people who you know date around in that industry but yeah i just like, feel like ultimately they need to call it what it is and call it an open relationship um just call it what it is instead of just being like cheating respectfully because that's doing nothing but her that's just do nothing that shows to me that you have low self-esteem and mm-hmm. you're sticking around because of the benefits. Um, in reality, and, you, and you you're looking for relationship. Yeah. And just like in reality, if you just say you have like an open relationship, okay, people are like more accepting of that. Not saying your relationship needs to be accepted by anybody, but it just makes more sense. It doesn't seem like you have low self-esteem. Just say you have an open relationship and girl, go do what you want to do too and get you a little NDA. It's just like... He ain't gonna be the only one cheating out here. If we're gonna be out here opening our relationship ship up and doing things with other people, okay, let's make it an open relationship. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I also feel like the term itself, cheating respectfully, is implying that you're still looking for for respect from this person. And that would imply to me that you don't get it in other ways. So this is your way of being okay with it. This is your way of accepting like, okay, well, as long as he respects me in the wrong that he's doing and still has like a one up for me, like I'm on a higher pedestal than these other people. I'm okay with it. And yeah, that does feed into the low self-esteem, but in a relationship in general, if that person doesn't respect you, if that's not what you're, what you want, 
um, it seems to stem from a form of manipulation where men are just like, well, you know, I'll, I'll always love you or you'll always be the one for me or, you know, just like manipulating you to think that, hey, I'm this celebrity. I get women all day long. I come, I go fly out and do this show or that show or go to this city for a game or that city for a game. And these women at my hotel, they in my hotel room waiting on me. I'm a man. I can't control myself. So you just have to be okay with it if you want to be front and center with me publicly. And I just don't think, and you know, to each his own. Call it what it is, child. To yeah, each, to that's each, what I'm saying. To each his own. Call it what it is. That is an open relationship, honey. Mm-hmm. It's an open relationship. I think, it's and just, I, th- I think they don't consider it an open relationship because they're not doing the same thing. But it's just mm-hmm. like, sis, do it. And if you're yeah, you like, saying it, do it. Oh, girl on Housewives, she was only on there on one season, but she was married to Ronnie DeVoe. And she was saying that they had an open relationship and she got to sleep with women and he get he got to sleep with women, but he would not allow her to sleep with other men. So I feel like that in itself, I mean, to each his own. But if you ask me, that seems like a form of manipulation, too, because why is it open for you to sleep with the opposite sex? But it's not open for me to do the same. And I just feel like, you know, there's a double standard. And I, I think that to me, it just seems like a, a way, a, a sense of control and being able to do what you want. If you still want to be out here and, you know, you don't want to be monogamous, then don't be monogamous. Don't exactly. or don't. And that's just what it is. Because cheating respectfully is not a form of monogamy. It's not. But yeah, uh, as for me and my household, you monogamous over here. You you cheat, period. I'm cheating back. I'm cheating back. And, and that's well, it if depends. you cheat, I'm leaving. Yeah, I'll leave. But the old me would just cheat back. <laughs> like, all right, I'm still gonna be done with you, but I'm also gonna cheat back and you're gonna hear about it. <laughs> yeah. So, you don't yeah, want them that's problems. All I say. Exactly. Because women cut so, deeper. Yeah, that's all I gotta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I gotta say on it. Um. So we can go ahead and end this episode. Thank y'all for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on all social all social media pla- platforms. Is this takes on all platforms? It's from Devin with a Y on all platforms. It's selfcare.gang on Instagram. Selfcare Gang Pod on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe and like, and we will see y'all next week. Bye.